God bless you, church. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you know, I want to talk to you guys today about God's will for us. I'm going to get to it. God's will for us. Before I start, I want to share something with you guys that happened to me about a month ago. And uh, my wife will probably not like me sharing this with you guys, but uh, <laughs> I think the Lord put it in my heart. Some of you might be going through this, or some of you have gone through this situation that I'm going to tell you about right now. But uh, what happened is uh, a month and a half ago, you know, I myself don't believe in arguments or fighting in my relationship with my wife. I don't believe in that. I believe we're supposed to have peace, joy, happiness. We, we do have differences, but we can talk about our differences. <laughs> but arguing and fighting is not okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So the devil came knocking on my door about a month and a half ago, and it was my fault. I, let, I opened up the door. Jesus didn't open up the door. Jose opened up the door. Now, if I let Jose open up the door, the devil's going to come in and slap us around. <laughs> well, guess what? That's what happened. Devil came in, slapped us around. We got into an argument, a fight, whatever. Uh, I decided to tell my wife, you know what? I'm out of here. So I walked away, drove away, went to the library parking lot and sat there. But, you know, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. So I started talking to him. I said, Lord, Father, I'm tired, Lord. What am I supposed to do? Please help me. And the Lord told me, you know what? You let this in. I didn't let it in. You let it in, Jose. What are you going to do about it? Are you just going to let the devil come in your house and slap you around and do what he wants with you? Are you just going to do that? Are you just going to allow him to come in and just destroy your happiness and your joy? And, and, and he said, he just came into your house. What are you going to do? When the Lord said that to me, I said, Lord, first of all, I can't get up on my own. I need your help. I need you to help me. Show me what I need to do, Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you know what? There's something you can do for me. Why don't you go back into the devil's territory and show him who you are in Christ? I said, wow, Lord, that's what you want me to do? He said, that's what I want you to do, Jose. And I said, but how, Lord? You know, and let me tell you, I kept talking to the Lord for about half an hour. We we're going on a conversation. When you, when you have a, a relationship with the Lord, you can hear him speak right back to you. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing what I can do. And he said, you know what? You're going to go back home. You're going to apologize to your wife. First of all, you're the head of the household. It's your responsibility, whatever happens in that house. I said, that's right, Lord. It's my responsibility. I go back and say sorry. I go back, back and say sorry. And he said, second, you're going to grab a few cardboards. You're going to cut up cardboard signs. You're going to make some signs. You're going to put Bible verses on there. And every Wednesday at 6 p.m., you're going to be out there in the world preaching to people. I said, Lord, I don't know if I'm that brave. <laughs> I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do that, Lord. <laughs> and God said, well, see, it's not going to be your strength. It's not going to be your power. It's not going to be you the one doing it. It's going to be me doing it through you. So I said, all right, Lord, if you go with me, like Moses said, if you go with me, Lord, I'm down for that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I'll tell you guys, brothers and sisters, that was freedom because when I went back home and I grabbed those signs and I, I told my wife, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm going to start doing this. She said, you're going to start doing that? I told you, you want to go with me? Oh, no, I'm going with you. <laughs> like, you're crazy. I'm like, I know I'm crazy. Well, the Lord wants me to do this. So every Wednesday, I'm going out with a few brothers uh, from the Spanish service. It's like about four or five of us. And I invite you guys at 6 p.m. I'll give you guys my phone number if you guys want to go with us. The first thing we did, we stood up in front of Walmart. And I told Brother Gary, who's my boss at work, <laughs> praise the Lord. I told him what I was doing, and he's like, praise God, brother, good job. 
So we're going out there, right? And we're over there preaching to people. And, and we're all, come to Jesus. You know, we got that sign up. You know, if you're tired and weary and, and heavy laden, come to the Lord. He'll give you rest. We were there for like an hour. Pretty soon the manager comes out and tells us, hey, you guys can't be here. We already had too many complaints. I'm like, oh, Lord, come on. Here we go. Here we go. So, you know, we politely said, you know, we thank you very much. We were here an hour. We appreciate it. Do you believe in Jesus? He's like, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But, you know, there's a lot of people complaining. You guys got to go. You guys are, are not supposed to be here in front of the Walmart, uh, you know, doing that stuff. I'm like, all right, well, praise God. We'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> She's like, no, no, don't go back next week. Don't come back next week. I'm like, all right, praise the Lord. We, we'll see what we do. So um, I got, I got, I got with a, one of my friends. He's a manager over there. He's a Christian, too. His name's John. He's a manager at uh, O'Reilly's at the, at, the, at, the, at the store for the parts, right, for car parts. And, he, and he's like, you know what, Jose? You can come and stand in, our, in front of our place. I'm not going to say anything to you. You guys can come up. So we're going to be doing that every Wednesday at 6 p.m., you know. So I'm just thankful to God that... <laughs> You know, and that's, 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 that's my question for you guys. You know, that, that was a small sermon right there for you guys. You know, think about it when the devil comes and slaps you around and, and, and tempts you with things that you know are not okay with God. What are you going to do? The Lord wants you to get into an action. You know, action. Take action. Because if you don't take action, the word of God says that faith without works is dead. So even if you believe it and you don't do it, then it ain't real faith. Real faith, you'll do something about it. Right? So praise the Lord. So I'm going to get to my message. Now, before I get there, I'm going to start praying. Um, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you give me, Father God. I just appreciate, Father God, what you're doing for me in my life, Father God. And I ask you, Lord, that you open up the hearts of the people that are hearing right now, Father God. Father, that your Holy Spirit may go, Father God, and give them this message, Father God. They may take it in, Father God, and take it somewhere else, Father. Share it with other people, Father God. I just ask you, Lord, that you be with me and that you speak truth through my mouth, O oh, Father God, that everything that comes down may come from you, O oh, Lord. I ask you this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so the message today is God's will for us. And with that, I'm going to start with, uh, you know, Timothy. Um, we all know the Great Commission. If you guys don't know it, the Great Commission is go ye to all the nations and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and make disciples of them. Oh, man, did I lose my little sticky note? That's no, right here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, first I'm going to share God's will for all people right here, which is, and then I'll share God's will for us. So, God's will for all people is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. And this is God's will to all people. <clears throat> and he says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, it is God's will for every single person out there in the world to be saved. It is God's will for every one of your family members, your brothers, your sisters, to be saved. This is God's will for every single human being that has lived on this planet. Now, we know that a lot of people have not taken this message and accepted the Lord. There's a lot of people that have been lost already in the past. But it is your duty and my duty to go out there into the world and preach this message and tell them, look, there is a hope. There is a way out. There's a way you can be set free from your drug addictions. There is a way you can be set free from your anger, from your, uh, from your pride. There is a way for you to get saved, for you to have eternal life. This is, this is us. We are the church. We are sent to do these things. And this is a will for all men. This was the will for us before we got saved. And we decided to say, you know what, Lord? I want my will lined up with your will, and I want to take it. Amen. I'm going to take that, Lord. I want to take it. 
So I chose to follow God's will and say, Lord, I'm saved. <laughs> I want to be saved, Lord. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. This is for us now. I'm going to start reading you for us. What is the will for us after you are saved? What is the will for you and me after we are saved? Ephesians chapter 5, 17 and 18. I got my Spanish and English Bible, so I'm like, where's this is Spanish? Where am I? <laughs> I'll start reading to you guys in Spanish. You guys think I'm speaking in tongues. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> it says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the will of God for you and me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know the reason that God wants you and me to be filled with the Holy Spirit? is so that we can have all those fruits of the Holy Spirit and share them with other people in the world. Share them, show them what that is. Because they don't know what that is. They, they think, you know, I was reading this scripture, there's, a, there's another message from this other uh, pastor, and he said that they think happiness and joy are the same thing. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The world does not know joy. They don't have joy. You and me have true joy. That comes from the Holy Spirit. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So when people say, well, I have, I have joy. I, you know, I'm drunk and I'm, I'm so joyful. You ain't joyful. You don't know what joyful is. <laughs> you don't know what joyful is. You really don't know. All right, let's go to my other scriptures. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 and 18. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I still hear flipping pages, so I'm going to wait till I don't hear anymore. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> it's not so quiet now. Praise the Lord. All right. So it says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ, in Jesus for you. In Christ Jesus for you. So what's the will of God for you and me that are in Christ Jesus? We're already in Christ Jesus once we accepted him as our Lord and Savior. But the will of God for us is what? To rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. This is the will of God for you and me in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. You know, when I came up with this message, I came Friday to a Bible study that was in Spanish right there in this room. And I walked out of the room. I was like, I'm going to walk out get some water. I walked down there and I'm, I'm, I'm about to pour some water. And there's a, little, there's a little verse on the side. I'm like... Well, that's what I'm going to preach about, Lord. Thank you. You know, so I know it's the Lord. It's like, that's, that's, to me, that's like, whoa, Lord. You're speaking right to me, God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> All right. See, you and me will be seeking what God's will is for our lives every single day, whether you are 20 years old, 21 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, 60, 70, 80 years old, 90 years old, and 100 years still alive. You'll be seeking, what is it I'm supposed to do, God? What is the will for my life that you want for me, Lord? We'll be asking ourselves this question. Some of us will be asking, Lord, is it your will for me to own a big house? Is it your will for me to have uh, a Lamborghini or a, or a Bugatti, all these nice cars, right? I'm going to tell you guys, there's a lot of us that ask these dumb questions. <laughs> we do. We ask God these questions like, Lord, is this, is this your will for me? Lord, is this... You know, is this your will for me? But you know, Paul never really prayed for materialistic things. 
If you realize, Paul prayed that God gave him strength to go out and preach. God prayed that he be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, uh, Paul did not pray for materialistic things. See, he, he, the Bible says that he learned how to have and he learned how not to have. <laughs> he learned how to be in prison and to be free. But in all those things, he said he rejoiced. In all those things, he had joy. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. See, and what, what I tell you is uh, I found a, uh, a quote. I'm going to quote a pastor. I know you, see, when you, when you preach, you can't take, I can't take quotes as another pastor quotes and then I can't, I got to give him the credit. So I'm going to give this other pastor the credit of what he, this quote that he wrote. And it reads, <clears throat> it says, uh, his name's uh, Pastor Steve Lawson. It reads, happiness is dependent on our happenstance. If our future, if our fortunes are good, we are happy. Happiness is entirely circumstantial. Happiness can be experienced both by unbelievers and believers. That's happiness. That's why I'm telling you happiness and joy are a little different. Happiness is based on what you have, the material world, on, on, on even drugs, on things that can make you happy, feel good, feel good things. You know, that's what happiness is based on. Now, joy, joy rises far above happiness. It is transcendent, not circumstantial. It involves an in, interquality of delight in God and in the things of God. Joy is a supernatural excitement in the person of God, in the Son of God, in the Word of God, in the kingdom of God, in the work of God, and in the purpose of God. And there is no joy to be found in any other place. There is no joy in any other place. You and me cannot experience joy outside of what Jesus Christ has done for you and me and what he's doing in our lives. There is no joy. We are being transformed daily to his image. How much joy can you have because of that? Man, I'm being transformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. (laughs) That that, that was impossible. It's like, Lord, how can you do this, Lord? This, This is miracle stuff. This is not stuff that you and me can do on our own. We need the Lord. You know, we need the Lord to become this miracles of God that are just like his son. It's like, wow, Lord, is this really possible, God? But it is. It is. I'll tell you what. Today I walk in holiness. (laughs) When temptation comes my way, I know how to say no. I know how to say no. I don't need that. That's, That's poison. That's holiness. That's you walking in holiness. I know how to say no to the drug that tormented me for 10 years. I know how to say no to it. I can go up to people and say, hey, I can see you smoking that stuff, but you know what? That's not good for you. And I don't want it. I don't desire it. My heart desires to do God's will. Your heart desires to do God's will, to please the Lord. That's what our heart desires are, to please the Lord and and love him. All right. Let me see. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now we're going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer what to rejoice about. You know, what is it that we rejoice so much about? And the Bible, you see, the Bible answers its own questions. When you find a question in the Bible, it actually will give you the answer somewhere else. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about the Bible. If you read it enough, you'll find a bunch of questions, but then you'll find a bunch of answers. It's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me that way. And I'm going to go to 1 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> and I'm going to start at verse 3. It says, uh, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. Now I underline the word begotten. You can see in another trend it says, it makes a little more sense in another trend lane that I read. It said, um, cost us to be born again. That's what it says. Begotten is cost us to be born again. So has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, that though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom have you not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believe you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your, of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So what are you supposed to rejoice in? You're supposed to rejoice that Jesus Christ has given you new life. You're supposed to rejoice that the Lord has given his life for you and me so that you and me can live forever. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to rejoice in that. And you see, it's so amazing how it says here. <clears throat> I, I, I read this right here and it says, uh, let's see. Though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor. Some of you might be going through some trials or tribulations. Some of you might be going through some struggles. Say you might need a little more money. You might be struggling economically. I see my brother over there in a the wheelchair. Well, I tell you something, my brother. You ain't going to stay like that when you get to heaven. You're going to be able to jump and run and hide. You're going to be able to go through that wall if you want to. You're going to be able to go through the walls, through every, all that stuff. It's going to be amazing. You're going to be just like Jesus. You know, so all these trials and tribulations are sometimes for our own good. And God allows suffering for our own good. You know, because I ask myself, Lord, is it your will? You know, is it your will for me to suffer, Lord? Is it your will for me? You know what? If it's going to make me better, then it is. I'll tell you that. If it's going to make you a better person, if it's going to make you live a life better for him, then it is. Jesus Christ himself cried out to God and said, Lord, if there's, God, if there's any other way to get out of this, to not get this cup on me, take this cup away from me. And God said, no, there ain't no other way. He had to suffer so that you and me can be saved. If God has to allow things, if he has to allow suffering so that people can get saved, he will. There's a story about this guy. I know it's online somewhere. I don't know exactly the name of the story, but it's about this guy that refused to stop preaching in this, in this little city, right in the little town. <clears throat> and uh, the chief and all of them like, hey, you need, you need to stop doing that stuff or else we're going to kill you. We're going to kill your family. We're going to kill you guys. And uh, he said, no, you know what? I'm, I can't stop doing that. Like Paul said, it is a need now. It's not a want. It's a need. I want to preach, but it's more of a need now. I need to preach. I need to go tell people about Jesus. So what happened in the story is this, this man refused to do that. So they killed his family right in front of him. But he refused to do it. He said, no, I'm going to keep telling you that this is the truth. I will not deny what I know. And his family were saved already. So they ended up killing him. Well, you know, the chief was like, why would this man do such a thing? 
Pretty soon, you get to find out that the whole city starts believing in what they believed, and they get saved. But because of this person's suffering, all these people became saved. So God will allow those kinds of situations in your lives, in my life. You know, we can see, uh, there's plenty of examples in the Bible. We can look at Job. You know, Job suffered. Job suffered a lot. He lost his kids. He lost his children. He lost all these people that he loved, his cattle, his riches. He lost all these things. But though he lost all these things, he never cursed God once. And you know, and there's a verse right here. I actually wrote that verse down. It's going to be in, uh, let me read the verse for you guys. Here it is. It's in Job 1, verse 20 and 21. And this is after Job had lost everything. He says, then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with doing wrong. How many times have we not screamed at God or yelled at God and said, Lord, why? It's your fault, Lord. It's your fault, God. You know what? It's not God's fault. (laughs) It's our own fault. Or sinful nature's fault. We're the ones that are guilty. God just wants the better for us. And if he's going to allow for you and me to suffer for a little while so that we become better, let it be. Let it be. And praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let me see. Now we're going to go to, there's a few more examples I had here for you guys, but I'm going to just leave it with that example. And we're going to go to uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. This is talking about your will, the will, God's will for us. This is God's will for us. So this is Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I think a lot of you probably know this by memory already, this verse. <laughs> I've heard it read here a bunch of times and, and spoken out a bunch of times, so I know you guys know it by memory. <laughs> and it says... Uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How are you supposed to present yourselves to God? Sacrifice. A holy, living sacrifice. That means... That if you're still living in sin and you want to be a sacrifice to God, he won't take it. First, he wants you to do one thing. He wants you to repent. That's the first thing he wants you to do. If you're still, you know, going out with somebody and you're sleeping around with somebody, I'll tell you the truth. You need to repent about that. You need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Give me the strength not to do it again, Father. And here I come as a living sacrifice to you after I have repented, Lord. And the Lord will accept you. He will take you and say, all right, you want to live for me? You got to do certain things. You might not be in agreement with him, but this is what you got to do. You got to suffer. This flesh has to suffer. Let me tell you, when temptation comes your way, you got to make this flesh suffer and say, no, you got to submit it. And the way I've won the battle, <clears throat> let me tell you, the way I won the battle is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. And uh, I've learned in my walk with the Lord is that the closer I get to God, when he says, Come near to me and I'll come closer to you. I'll come night to you. That means because he's going to strengthen you. 
That's what he really means. See, the closer I get to God, the more I read his word, the more I come to the prayer nights on Tuesday nights. I just started coming last week. But I can experience, I can feel the power. You know, you can feel the power. Once you start doing these things, your life will start transforming and changing even closer to the image of God. But I realize that these fleshly desires that our flesh has, like they don't exist. (laughs) To me, they're like, where are they at, Lord? But it's because you're so close to God that even when the desire comes, it's like, it's like nothing. The power that you have inside you, which is the Lord, is so alive that all those desires that your flesh wants are worthless. Because it is the will of God for you to kill the flesh daily. That's the will of God for your lives. To submit to the Lord, submit to the Holy Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the truth. That's the way to walk. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I found another good verse for the will of God. Oh, man, this one's good right here. I love this one. <laughs> First Peter chapter 2, verse 15. I love them all, but this, this one was like, wow, Lord, that's what I got to keep doing even when people do evil to me? Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> I don't know, Lord. When people do bad things against us, we're like, dick, dick, dick. we want to just go back at them. <laughs> How my brother Bill? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But uh, <clears throat> this, one's to, this one is to, to keep them quiet, keep people quiet. This is for, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. For it is God's will that by doing good, you shall silence the ignorant talk of the foolish people. Yes. See, when people start telling you, oh, Christians are boring. <laughs> oh, these Christians don't have no fun. <laughs> you just keep doing good. Take them out to the bowling alley. Show them that you can have fun without the alcohol, without the drugs, without the, that crazy uh, music, that rap music, that, that crazy music that just messes with your head and makes you want to kill people. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, at least that's what it did to me when I used to listen to it. <laughs> it used to make me want to go hurt people and make me want to go do more drugs and make me want to go do all kinds of dumb things. But when you keep doing good, you, you hush those people that are hating against the Christians. You hush them up. Wherever you're working, when people are hating on you and trying to get you to, to, to do something wrong at work, all you do is just keep doing your job the right way to where the boss can see that you're doing the right thing and nobody can say anything bad about you. And you know what? Sooner or later, that person's going to be like, how do you do that? I got the Holy Spirit, bro. I got the Holy Spirit living inside of me. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is doing all this inside of me. You know what I mean? But the thing is, you have to submit to the Holy Spirit. You don't, can't allow just, just sit back and say, Holy Spirit, you're going to do everything. I'm just going to kick back and do nothing. No. The Holy Spirit says, you know what? Read my word. Meditate on it daily. Right, do what I ask you to do. You, know, you, don't, you don't have the strength? Ask me for the strength. You don't have the wisdom? Ask me for the wisdom. That's what God wants. God doesn't want anything bad for any one of us. He wants the best for you and me. Thank you, Jesus. Right, here's another one. Galatians chapter 6, verse 5. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians chapter 6, verse 5. This is the will of God, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Is it 6 5? Oh, wait, wait. I might have gotten it wrong. I might have gotten the wrong one. Give me a second. Oh, man, see, this is the thing. I got the Bible in Spanish and in English. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, my Lord, where's it at? <laughs> oh, Lord. Is it, is it five? All right. 
Okay, well, what, the, what, the, what the verse says is this, do not grow weary in doing good. Because you will have a reward at the end. That's the will of God for you and me. Do not grow weary in doing God's will. That's the will for you and me. I love that verse because it's just like, wow, Lord, sometimes I just get tired, Lord. Like, I don't, I don't feel like doing this, Lord. I don't feel like doing that. That's reality. Sometimes we just don't feel like doing things. <laughs> Whether we're in the, in the praise or worship team or we're, you know, or we're helping at CR, whatever it is that we're doing, sometimes it's just like, oh, Lord, I just want a little break. No, no, you get no break. Just keep doing it. <laughs> keep doing it. Amen. Oh, Lord, there's another one. First Thessalonians 4, 3. I got about two more verses to share and then we'll be good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so this one is... Uh, this one says, uh, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Oh, Let me tell you guys something. Sexual immorality, the Bible says, is against our own bodies. You are destroying. Let me, I'm going to tell you the truth. You guys are destroying the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you know what God says about that? Something really serious. He says, for he that destroys my temple, I will destroy him. It's a serious business. This is not no, no joke. Sexual morality is a sin against the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within you and he can see it all. You cannot hide it from him. You see what I mean? And you ha- we have to stop doing these kinds of things because it hurts the Holy Spirit. It, it, he does not like it. He will leave. He'll, I can't dwell in this temple. This temple wants to keep being filthy and dirty. I'm out. That's the truth. Sexual morality is not good. A lot of people are like, what is sexual morality? Is there any kids in here? Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> My son, he knows. <laughs> Pornography. Um, sexual relations out of marriage. Uh, lust itself. Because lust, lust is a sin. All these things are sexual immorality. You know, and God does not want any of these things in our lives. He wants us to get rid of them. He wants us to avoid that stuff because he will destroy us, he says. And, and I don't want to be destroyed by the Lord. <laughs> I want to go to heaven with him. So, and then, uh, you know, here's a sanctification. Sanctify yourselves. This happens immediately. When you receive Jesus Christ into your life, you are immediately sanctified. Now, after that, there's a process. You still keep sanctifying yourself to the Lord. Because we're not perfect right away. But we are made holy right away. How does that work? I, Brother White might be able to explain it to you guys better. Because <laughs> I won't be able to explain it that good. But I know that sanctification is a process. You, you're saved, you become sanctified. And then after that, you have to work on your sanctification daily. That means set yourselves apart for God. Set yourselves apart for God's work. Not for your own will, not for your own desires, but for what God desires and for what God wills for your life. Praise the Lord. And thank you, Jesus. And this is the last verse I'm going to read to you guys. It's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Thank you, Father. First Peter chapter 4, 1 to 3. All right. And this one reads, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, 
For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his life, his, his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in the lewdness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. See, the will of God is for you and me to have the mind of Christ. Set ourselves up, arm ourselves up. It's an armor. It's an armor for you and me to have the mind of Christ. Set yourselves up that if you have to suffer, like Christ suffered for some kind of reason, and set yourself up and say, I'm still going to have the joy of the Lord, whether I'm going through this or that, Lord, I'm going to enjoy it, Lord, because it is your will, Father. So that's the joy of the Lord. And with that, my brothers and sisters, I want to just ask you guys, you know, if any one of you, Needs prayer right now. If any one of you are still struggling with any kind of addiction or any kind of struggle, say pride. Because it doesn't have to just be drugs. It doesn't have to just be alcohol, that stuff. No, it can be also, you know, envy. It can be strife. It can be all these other things. I'm going to ask the worship team. She's already coming up. Praise the Lord. <laughs> come up here. I'm going to ask you guys. You know, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up too. And I want to pray with you guys. If you still don't enjoy, if you don't have the joy of the Lord in you, you know, I want you to come up and get prayed for. It. 